Hey, CityCast listeners. The sound of Houston hip-hop was crafted in the 90s, shifting rappers like ESG, Fat Pat, and Big Pokey into Houston legends. But the music that seems like a soundtrack to the city couldn't be crafted without the producers behind the beats. Today, I'm talking to one of the heavy hitters of Houston music production, the man behind the music, Sean Solo Jemison. It's Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. I'm Carly Ann Jones, and this is CityCast Houston. So I want to start with uh, getting into how did you start in music production? I was in college in Louisiana, and um, I always liked keyboards or whatever, but uh, started playing around. I met ESG. He went to the um, same college as I did, mm-hmm. and uh, we got together. I just started making making beats, so you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just putting sounds together, and um, from there, um, we made a record, and that record became really popular with the song "Swinging and Banging." And I guess I became a producer then. Houston has a particular sound. Like we have the chopped and screwed music. We have freestyling on beats for like six minutes at a time and then we'll release it as a full song right. so how did houston create that vibe that we have with music and then also how does houston differ from east coast and west coast music uh i mean we differ a lot and then we're alike in the same way um we we pretty much rap about our culture um i guess the freestyling came in i guess i mean part of the slab culture i guess came with freestyling or with screw beats that screw shop, I mean, the DJ screw. And, um, you know, guys just freestyling over instrumentals while our screw was on, on the turntables, kind of like developing into a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like, you know, our similarities with East Coast, I mean, we still, we still flow a lot. You know what I'm saying? They have the same type of uh, vibe or whatever. It's just that our music is generally slower than the East Coast vibe and more melodic as well. You made a lot of beats for classic hip-hop records in Houston. Um, Drake even called your beats the heartbeat of the city. But when newer producers coming in now, how do you think making music has changed from when you started? Well, the process is easier, for sure. Um, You know, with with, uh, DAWs and plugins and um, software, you know, it makes it more easier for a producer to to make a beat quicker um, Mm -hmm. with less thought. But then at the same time, you know, they still still have the same creative process, you know. So it's like, you know, I'm not one of them OGs. Like, man, no, the younger guys ain't doing it. Like, no, they still have to, you know, put sounds together and and, and uh, be creative in their process. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different, but it's still the same. Mm-hmm. You've also worked with Fat Pat, Big Pokey, ESG, uh, who you mentioned earlier, all who were a part of the Screwed Up Click. Were you a member yourself? And what was that relationship like for you? I don't know if I was a member, but um, I would definitely say the sound, the sound um, cultivated around my sound. Mm-hmm. I was one of the one original producers of that sound. Like after mm-hmm. the ESG record, kind of like uh, the sound blossomed into more melodic, more um, singing on hooks, more, mm-hmm. more different, different style. I would say, you know, I mean... <laughs> It's, it's my sound or whatever. And I'm still like, I still do the same thing today. I just updated it. Kind of just remix what you've been doing to keep it flowing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I also, you know, I think that the music comes around. Like, you see, like, 
the big artist artists today. They're, you know, they're still doing a little bit, you know, trap, but they're also bringing more of the older sound back in. They're just redeveloping and, you know, fine tuning that sound. Yeah, because a lot of people are using samples nowadays. Like, that's a huge thing because I feel like old school music kind of draws people in more than um, newer, <laughs> newer sounds, you know? Right. It, it'll never go away. You know, that, that style, you know, even that's why I like, feel like I'm going to stick to what I do mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's going to, it always comes back around. Like, you know, I'm getting hit by major artists in San Francisco and stuff like that. Like, for my sound. So I'm never going to like, you know, try to force myself to do something else because I just can't feel it. You know, Mm -hmm. I love what they do, but I just can't feel that vibe. Like when I'm creating. Yeah. You produced the beat for a hell yeah by Drake and Lil Wayne though, right? Yeah. We had got to receive the call from um, Drake's people uh, asking to use the the swing and the banging song. You know, Mm When it happened, uh, EAG had called me. He was like, "Hey man, you need to listen to this or whatever." Mm-hmm. And you know, it came on. I'm like, "Oh man, okay." And then Lil Wayne's verse came on as well. We were like, "Oh man, this is crazy." And uh, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> we we signed off on it or whatever. It had nice little nice little money attached to it, and from there mm-hmm. it was on. I mean, that the song was like really huge, and um, still today, you know, reaping from that. That song. Yeah, that, that song was huge, like, and it had that Houston feel to it, but I never realized it, like, until, because I'm, you know, I'm a little younger, so right. I didn't realize it until <laughs> until after the fact that this was, like, literally a sample from Houston, like, yeah, so that's super dope. So, um, out of all the records you've done, what experience in the studio was the most memorable for you? Oh, man. I've had I've had a, quite a few memorable experiences. Um, I must say, like you know, like creativity wise or whatever, I'm always amazed when I work with the Zero. Um, mm-hmm. He's got to be one of the dopest that I see like work, um, mm-hmm. like like personally. But I mean, I've I've worked with so many people. I mean, you know, I still have fun in there. It's like I, I enjoy every moment in the studio. I feel like it's a blessing that people are working mm-hmm. with me still. You know, so. I just, I can't just pinpoint one, but I know, like, there are always special moments when I'm working with Zero. One thing that I've noticed about Houston is that, like, we have some major talent here. But what seems to happen is that we don't get to branch out into the major markets like how other cities do. Why do you think that is exactly? I mean, you only do what you see. So if you don't, Mm -hmm. you're not able to move around and, um, get outside of this bubble that we live in, you're going to be stuck doing the same thing. Um, there needs to be more opportunities for, for artists to tell their story and tell, you know, their process. And so that can get out to more more markets and, you know, get more exposure to the artists. So with that being said, like, Houston has always been in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You just got to do more things to exposure and then also do more things than just music. I think it's starting to get there, but it's still a slow process. Yeah, more things like like TV, podcasting, just like tap into different markets, basically. Movies. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's all kind of stuff out there, like animation, mm-hmm. art, you know, all kind of things that we could be doing. You mentioned uh, animation. So I heard that you created your own cartoon also. Could you uh, talk about that a little bit? Right, right. I have a... Um, 
have something I'm working on um, based around my daughter. It's called Clever Clover. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like an educational uh, thing. Um, mm-hmm. Still in the process of that developing right now. It's a, it's a slow process, but it definitely, you know, I don't want to put anything out there that, that is not, you know, standard mm-hmm. or above standard. So um, it's coming, though. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, more learning through hip hop. Okay, so it has a musical aspect to it. Right, right, right. Definitely has, a, you know, got to be music based for me, coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, we got, you know, multiracial, um, multiracial um, characters, you know. Uh, I love that. You know, we're going to reach all the audience, but mm-hmm. it's definitely surrounded by, you know, by learning through like hip hop. So it's going to be nice. And is it set in Houston or anything like that? Yes, it's set, set in Houston. Houston theme. Mm-hmm. It'll have the Houston, you know, setting for the characters. That's really cool. And then also something I seen that you were working on um, was doing online classes on how to actually be a music producer and like how to produce beats and everything like that. Is that something you're still working on? Right, right. I'm um, definitely working on the curriculum right now, getting that straight. And building the website mm-hmm. for it, um, you know, the, the people that, you know, I, I started with was just really off the cuff. And I was like, you know, I, I saw that there was a need for it. And um, mm-hmm. that kind of like sparked the interest in, in doing it. Mm-hmm. And this stretches way beyond Houston, right? This is something that other people from other states can get involved in if they want to, right? Right, right. The first guy that hit me, he was in Chicago. He was like, you know, I just did a little, a little class with him and he He's been back three times already, and um, I had another guy call me from Denmark or message me from Denmark, oh, wow. and I did a class with him as well. So it's like, this is really way beyond Houston, and, and that's what, you know, that's what the desire to tap into. What advice would you give to uh, other upcoming producers, maybe in the Houston market, maybe outside of the Houston market, that want to make an impact like you did? I would say make sure they, you know, have something to to fall back on, you know, because, uh, you know, I always worked, I always had a job, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like even, and even in my, the, the heightest of my career, I always went to work. So it was like, it was no pressure for me to, uh, to, you know, sell beats or make hits or whatever, because I already knew that the bills were going to get paid. Like mm-hmm. most of these producers or whatever, like, they get to a certain age where they're like, you know, the phone might not be ringing, but they invested all their life into this music. Now they're stuck sitting around with nothing to, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not fun anymore. So that's why like, a lot of people look at me. He still had no fun because it, it it is what it is. I'm not going to be, you know, out here looking crazy um, mm-hmm. if my music doesn't sell. But it, luckily, thank God, it still is. So. I think part of it is because, you know, I'm not stressed. I love that advice because it's like that that's something I've never heard really people give advice about, yeah. but that's great. So it's like you never have to stop being creative because you still have that balance. You don't have to stress out about what you're doing. I love that. Yeah, yeah. People, people, um, they don't like to admit that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they think that's uncool or whatever, you know, but me, I always... I always was a, you know, a go-getter on a different way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with these kids. Don't put it all mm-hmm. into that because you never know. 
when it hits, it's good. But if it doesn't hit, then what you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on CityCast Houston today. It was great talking to you. No, I appreciate it. That was Sean Solo Jemison. Now I'm here with producer A.K. Al Moment. A.K., what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Carly. I've got such a cool story to share today. So I believe the housing market is about to get a real shakeup. I've been reading about how this design firm called HANA teamed up with a few other companies, including a local Houston construction company, to offer people a chance to live in a 3D printed house. This could potentially help minimize labor shortages and build homes that could hold up in a natural disaster. The project will take about two years to build. It's going to be a 4,000 square foot, two-story single family home. It's essentially an experiment to see what works and what doesn't, to try out different crazy ideas and push the machines for their maximum effort. Honestly, it's wild to think we live in a time where this is in the works. But there's one big question on my mind that I'm going to keep a lookout for. Could 3D printing, if improved in the future, be used at a mass scale with lower material costs, faster build times, and can it afford laborers a safer environment while meeting their continued efforts for better work compensation? I don't know. We'll have to see, but I'm definitely going to keep following the story. That's it for our show today here at CityCast Houston. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CityCast Houston. And while you're at it, sign up for our newsletter, Hey Houston. It's houston.citycast.fm slash newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow with another great episode. But until then, have a great day, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yes, <laughs> I cannot think this morning. <laughs>